We've been preaching on 2 Corinthians, and I know it's a lot more chapters, and I think we've had four or five sermons on that book. Um, And as we've been preaching through 2 Corinthians, we've kind of just been looking at one particular verse and letting it be a catalyst. I think this morning I'm going to go ahead and wrap this series up, and it kind of becomes then a summary of what was, um, but a promise for us today. If you recall, we've been looking at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And it says, But we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Recall that this series has been about Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. It's a church that has had problems. It's a church that has had issues. He's got one letter that comes before this where he's dealing with the issues and he he has a painful visit that he talks about in this chapter. But what we've been looking at is this promise fulfilled or taught through Paul's lens. So we've looked at different things and he said, hey, you're looking in a mirror and when you look, this is what your body, this is what you see physically. And so we talked about sufferings. When you look at your life, you see sufferings. And he says to the church, but I want you to know that we've got a God who is comfort. So rather than seeing your sufferings, maybe you see, or will you see, or encouraging them to see the transformation that comes to the glory of God, which is is comfort. He goes on, he talks about offense. There were things that have made you upset. There are things that have hurt you. There are things that that have defined you. And he said, rather than living in offense, why don't you be transformed by the glory of God and live in in reconciliation? Rather than, he talked about smelling bad. Like, you know how sometimes we just stink? You've been around someone who they don't necessarily stink, but their attitude stinks? The aroma that we have? He said, we are the aroma of Christ. And so rather than smelling bad, let's be transformed by the glory of God and smell good. I mean, it's, these are all pretty novel things. Transformation has to happen in, in all of these. The present weakness that we live in. The old covenant we talked about that brings death and the new covenant that brings life. The present weaknesses that are around us, our bodies failing, but living in the hope of the resurrection life. I mean, these are all complete transformations. This morning I want to kind of wrap this up, but really kind of coming through this lens of transformation. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is the word transforming? How are we, we're beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and we're being transformed. What is Transformation. I mean, if we're being transformed, we should obviously be seeing change. Change should not be surprising if we're being transformed. You cannot be transformed without change, right? Isn't that the essence of the word? The the word in Greek, it's kind of like our word for, for metamorphosis. And so we often picture in our brains metamorphosis and we have this caterpillar right? And it's transformed into a butterfly. It was, 
but now it is. That's the transformation that God desires for us to be living in. Excuse my simplicity, but the kids are with us. When I hear the word transformed, here's what I picture. Go ahead. What are those, guys? What are they? Graham, what is that? you know, Levi? Transformers. See, the kids know what they are. What makes a transformer a transformer? It changes, right? Go back. One of them was a car. If you just saw this part of it, what is that? And then when you see this part, what is it? It's a robot, right? Go to the next one. Casey, what is this? You know that one, right? It's a semi-truck. What is this? It's a robot. Go to the next one. I mean, we're novel. We're getting this whole transformation thing. What is this? It's an airplane. Graham, you've got this down pat. What is this? It's a robot. Is an airplane a robot? They've been transformed, right? There's something that changed. There's something that changed. You know, we've been looking at the, 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 the sermon illustration that we've used time and time again is the reality of that picture. How, how there's a negative image that light comes through and it becomes a positive image. Irene, go to that, that slide, please. Recall that the negative is changed it is transformed because of the glory of God. Or, or in this instance, because of light. What was is not what is. Will everyone acknowledge that this is different than this? So three people will. I'm going to try that again just for my sake. I want to make sure that I'm preaching the right message this morning. Can we say that this is different than this? Yes, very good. That's called transformation. We should expect transformation. This, this beginning of this book, the first five chapters in 2 Corinthians that we've been looking at, Paul was all about transformation. You know, there is something that was, whether it's suffering, whether it's your, your bondage to the old law, whether it's the way you smell, and it needs to change. It needs to change. It needs to be different. It needs to be transformed. I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but before I do, I'm going to pray, but but as we look at these verses, I want to see this morning, I believe God wants to talk to us about transformation. I believe God wants us to go through all that we've been and come back to this place because He is a God who transforms us. Father, I come to You this morning and I thank You for each of us in this room. I thank You that we are here this morning and I thank You for the opportunity to look into Your Word. And Holy Spirit, I pray that over these next few moments that our minds 
can be transformed by the Word of God. I pray that what is, whether there's distractions or, or discouragements or trials or weaknesses, God, I pray that they would be transformed this morning by the glory of God. I ask for myself, God, that, that Your words would come through me. We ask, God, that You would speak to us and that we would hear from You this day. In Jesus' name, Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled to Himself us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That verse says what? If anyone in Christ, what has happened? This is basic stuff, right? If you're in Christ, what has happened? The new has come. What has happened to the old? So where is the new? The new is here. Where is the old? It is gone, right? That's what, what this word says. There's something about new. I don't know about you, but there's something about new. Like when we get something new. Like when you get a new car, the smell or the way it feels or the way it looks. You know, when you buy new clothes and maybe they're a little bit stiff, but man, they're new clothes and they're shiny and sharp or whatever else. I'm going to tell you a little secret about myself. I'll tell you what brings me joy. A new pair of socks. You know what I'm talking about? My wife's just shaking her head over there. I cannot believe that. There is nothing like a new pair of socks. I mean, it's just like soothing on your feet. Soft and fluffy. There's no holes. There's no stains. There's no problems. I mean, it just feels good. Like, I mean, when I got a new pair of socks on, I'm a new man. You're talking about there's something about new. There's something in the Word of God about new. God is promising you today something new. I don't know if you hear that, but that's exciting to me. I like new stuff. And the Word of God says that if I'm in Christ, I am new. If you are in Christ, God has transformed you. And what I love about putting these two verses together, he says, we are being transformed. That means I'm being made new every day. And I think sometimes we miss that piece of this, but God desires for you to be made new. He's the God of new. You know, a little bit of my testimony. People, people talk to me about when I got saved, and I can't tell you the exact moment, but I can tell you the exact season of my life. Remember, I was a sophomore, junior in high school, and, and a girl who was not my wife asked me to go to church with her. And she wasn't my wife then, and she's not my wife now. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and I remember when I went to the church, there was just something about it, and I drew into the presence of God. And it was this summer. I didn't think much about it. But, but what, what happened was I went back to school, and, and, and um, my friends... Didn't, didn't realize it. My friends were talking to me one day, and I remember, I remember the girl, her name, her name was, was Molly. She looked at me, and she said, where has the old Steve gone? 
what are you talking about? I'm sitting right here. I ain't no different. I mean, I, I guess I can recall that thinking, what are you talking about then? Then forcing myself to look at myself, maybe I need to look at the mirror a little bit better, and see the transformation that God had done in me. You see, God is a God of the new. God desires new in your life. God desires transformation that I believe is tangible. The problem the world has with the church, we're not very good at being transformed. There's not a whole lot of tangible difference between us and them. There's not a a tangible difference in what was versus what is. And so they look at us and they don't know what transformation is. I mean, can you imagine giving a kid a transformer that goes from a robot to a robot? Boy, there's a marketing scheme. Let's make transformers that go from transforming from a robot to a robot. Those are called Barbies. Transformers are cool because there's something about taking what was and making it what is. God desires something new in your life. He said, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The new it is here. This morning I want to focus on on transformation. We're being transformed into something new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, For the love of Christ controls us. Let me tell you, there's something new. It says, For the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though... We have known Christ according to his flesh, yet now we know him this way no longer. What are all those verses saying? For the love of Christ controls us. And I picked this translation on purpose because what my New American uh, or my New International Version typically says is for the love of Christ, Christ compels us. But there's something about this word control. What controlled you before Christ? Just yourself. Your flesh? I was controlled by my sinful desires. I was controlled by my lusts, my wants, my flesh, myself. And now I'm controlled by something new. What now should control you? The love of God. Does that change the way you live? I'm telling you what, if there's not transformation when you're controlled by the love of God, uh, I'm concerned. There should be a new life that you're living because of the love of God that's being revealed in you. Your choices, your words, your decisions, your actions should look different than what they were. My Bible has these things called word wealth. And it says that in every use of this word for control, there's a sense of constraint, a tight grip 
that prevents an escape. The love of Christ leaves us no choice except to live our lives for Him. There's a tight grip on me because of the love of Christ that, that forces me almost in, in ways to do things that I normally wouldn't have done. It causes me to be changed, to be transformed. I'm telling you, there is new life in Jesus Christ. I'm going to say this, and people may not like it, but I'm the pastor, and I got the microphone. If the love of Christ isn't controlling you, I'm not so sure that you have new life. If the love of Christ isn't what compels you, I would encourage you to check the life that you're living. Because I'm compelled. I'm controlled by the love of Christ. What does that look like? What does that, that mean? This promise of, of new life. Galatians chapter 2. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. What is, what is Paul communicating to the church there? I have been crucified with Christ. I'm living a new life, right? The life, uh, and, and I no longer live, but Christ, He lives within me. It's the love of God that controls me. I'm different than I was. Paul wrote those words. Why? Because I used to kill Christians. I used to chase them down. I used to be controlled by my hatred for what they were saying. Controlled by my hatred for, for their opposition to the, to the old law. But I died. That part of me was crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but what lives within me is what Christ did for me. Remember the story in, in John chapter 3, there is new life in Jesus Christ. This man named Nicodemus says, um, how can someone be born when they're old? Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. That means there must be new life in you. I'll come back to that. There is new life. There is, according to verse 16, from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. There is new perspective in Jesus Christ. Your relationship, what, what God is doing in you and through you should cause you 
to see things differently. The love of Christ in me affects my vision. Huh? The love of Christ in me causes me to see things differently. I'm motivated not by the here and now, but I'm motivated by the eternity that is to come. The kingdom that is now, but the kingdom that is to come. And it should change the way I see things. And so often I'm almost ashamed when I know that I'm seeing things the same way everyone else sees them. But because of what Christ did, but because of the glory of God, I have been transformed. And so I should see differently. My perspective should be different. Because He's given me new purpose. It says in that same chapter, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and though... This is from God who reconciled, and all this is from God who reconciled himself to us through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What? What's your purpose? That's a great answer. Graham gets a star. I'm telling you what, man, he's in church. He says, God, that's the answer. Pastor, ask a question. He's given you a ministry. Some people say, I don't know what my ministry is, Pastor. Some people say, Pastor, I mean, you get to preach. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. He's reconciled you to God. Why? So that you could have a ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? There is something that has separated us from God. Right? Isn't that the reality of what bore witness in your life? There was something that was separating you from God. What is that something? That something is, is sin. It's the reality that, that, that sin in me caused me to be separated from the Almighty. And, and the promise that I needed was I needed to be reconciled to Him. Well, how did I become reconciled to Him? I hope it's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ died for my sins, so my sin could be forgiven. So because of that, I've been reconciled to God. Because of that reconciliation, God has given me a ministry. That ministry, that purpose should affect your vision. The love of Christ should control you when it comes to that. I'm telling you, God's doing something new. He's given you new life, new perspective, new purpose. Verse 21 in that verse, he says, look at this. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now that's big words. When you look in the mirror, who sees the righteousness of God? I'm guessing most of the time when I look in the mirror, what I'm seeing is not the righteousness of God. Sometimes these things, they make us, uh, they, they, they feel like a measure that we could never come up to. 
You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like commercials where they got all these supermodels and, and, and we're trying to be like them or they got these guys that can do everything and, and we're trying to meet the mark and we can never meet the mark. And sometimes I think we look at the Word of God that way. He says that, that we might become the righteousness of God. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ says, you have been made right because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, you are the very righteousness of God. That is who you are. Nothing can change that. Nothing can change the reality that you have been made the righteousness of God. By applying the sacrifice, by living in the promise of of the cross, you are the righteousness of God. And so when you look at yourself in the midst of your present weaknesses, when you look at yourself in the midst of your present trials or your, 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 your bad choices, you need to see that you are the righteousness of God. I have been made new. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel pretty good. That's called value. There's value when I understand I've been made new in Jesus Christ. Value that First Peter calls, you are a chosen priesthood, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful of light. Once you were not a people. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What was is not what is. God is a God who is doing something new. God desires something new for you this very morning. But the problem is, so many times we cling to the old Right? Let me tell you, God is a God of new. I'm just going to read several verses. Ephesians chapter 4, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Colossians chapter 3, Don't lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self, you've done away with it. You put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its Creator. Romans chapter 6, We therefore were buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. I'm telling you, there's a God who wants something new for you this morning. He says in Romans chapter 12, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing will. Isaiah chapter 43 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I want to tell you this morning, God desires something new. That's the God we serve. That's the God that's promised. He said we are being transformed. That means that new is coming today. That means that new that happened 30 years ago can be new again this morning. 
I talked about my socks. When I got realized, I found out my socks were a problem. My wife made a face when I said I like new socks. I recall we lived on Harvard. This is a very tough day in my life. You know how tough moments are steered in your mind? And my wife and I had this, this meeting of the minds and she said, dear, you've got a problem. You've got too many socks. But I like new socks. She said, you've got to get rid of the old. I'm never going to get any new if I don't get rid of the old. I'm not joking. I remember the moment We laid all my socks out across the floor. I picked a pair to keep, and she picked a pair to give away. And I picked a pair to keep, and she picked a pair to get away. Because I had to get rid of the old before I could experience the new. The problem we have is, is we cry out, for transformation. We want to put on some new socks because, man, they feel good, but we can't let go of that one pair of socks that can stand itself up and has holes and, and just is that sock. You know what I'm saying? I still got shirts from high school because I can't let them go. Why do we do the same thing with our faith? We got those things that we just can't let go. Those identities that are too hard to let go of. Those things that we're just not willing to let God transform. Yeah, transform me, but let me be me. You know what I'm saying? God desires something new. God desires for you to be transformed. He desires new life, new purpose, new perspective. He desires new value. You guys can come forward. He desires new creation in your life. Paul, trying to communicate this to the church in Corinth, God doesn't want what is to be what always will be. He wants you to be made new. I, I talked last week about pottery. Remember we looked at the, the treasures in jars of clay? A jar of clay can't be made unless clay has been transformed by the Maker. I mean, go back and pull up one of those pictures of a transformer. You see how far we come this morning, Pastor Breeder. You know, in order to go from here to here, there's a lot that's got to change.
I don't know if you ever had Transformers. I can remember as a kid just about breaking them stinking things because I'm pushing so hard because there's an order to it. But I wanted to see Bumblebee or I wanted to see the airplane, whatever it might be. Man, have you been transformed? Like your identity. your perspective. You know what? What controls you? Have you been transformed? You know, I, I'm talking to everyone this morning. Would you consider yourself new or last year's model? <laughs> you know, because he said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. He wants to do something new. He said, I want to make a way in the wasteland and streams in the wilderness. You may not look at yourself as a wasteland and wilderness, but I can tell you that God desires a new thing in you. He wants to give you a new pair of socks this morning. But you might have to get rid of some of the old... You might have to let go of some of what is to get to be what will be. Have you been transformed? Father, I come to you this morning all across this room. And God, I thank you that the promise of transformation isn't for a few, but it's for us all. I promise that you're a God who's demonstrated time and time again new life, new perspective, new purpose. I thank you that you're a God who can transform. And for us, God, I pray that we would be open to hearing, open to receiving, open to discovering, yeah, that part that I haven't let go of, those socks that need to be let go of, those things that I have to let go of in order for me to be truly transformed. The decisions, the offenses, for some, the sufferings, the smells, the way that always has been. Those weaknesses that I've allowed to be my author and finisher. God, I pray that we would be transformed this morning. God, I pray that you would take us and you would make us new. God, I pray for the joy of what is new in this place. 
God, I pray for the joy of being made new this day. God, I pray for the joy of knowing I've been forgiven. For the joy of knowing that I'm not who I once was and I'm not who they say I am, but I am who You've told me I am. That I've become a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That I am the very righteousness of God. Because I've been transformed by your glory. God, this moment we behold as a mirror. I pray that we would look even at ourselves as in a mirror. God, we know us better than, than anyone else in this room. We know us. Holy Spirit, you're the advocate and counselor. You're the comforter. I pray that you would begin to reveal the old that you desire to transform. And God, as you speak, I pray that we respond. pray that we would respond this morning to what you desire to do. The best way for me to respond to transformation is this word submission. I've got to allow your love to control me. I've got to be submitted to who you are. I've got to be submitted to, to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We've got to submit our will unto you this day, God. I pray it in Jesus' name. This morning, as, as they lead us in a chorus, I, I'm going to ask you a question. If you need something new, I'm going to encourage you to stand where you're at. If you need God to do something new, if you know there's, there's transformation that needs to be, I'm, I'm going to ask that you stand. I'm not going to change that, but I just want you to stand this morning and, and yield yourself, submit yourself. Maybe after you stand, you feel like God's saying, kneel, but, but acknowledge before Him your willingness to be transformed. say, Pastor, I need someone to pray with me. I don't know what this looks like. This whole change thing is scary. I don't want to change. I want an opportunity to shepherd your heart through this moment. But I can show you the God who loves you. I can show you how great His love is for you, that He desires the very best for you. And you can trust His hand. You can trust what He's doing. Yeah, it might not make sense. Yeah, it might feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, you might not know why He's doing that or, or twisting there. But, but when you see what the potter has made, you become beautiful. You become new this morning. Because of who He is, let us be transformed. Father, this morning as we conclude this service, I pray all across this room. God, I pray for everyone in this place, the ones who are standing before you crying out, God, do something new. God, change me. And God, I pray for what change is needed. I pray for new vision. I pray for new control. I pray, God, for new life. I pray, Father, for, for new hope. I pray for new joy, God. I pray, pray, pray for a new vision, God. I pray for a new ministry. 
God, I pray we would be transformed by the glory of God, which is revealed in Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that what was will not be anymore. God, I pray that we would be transformed completely by the glory of God. Our identity will be who we are in Him this day. This day. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you be new. May you be new. Amen? Nice, comfortable socks. Smell like a new car. Amen? Be blessed.